What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Kilo Loco. And this is Iman Harut. And welcome to the Code Passionately podcast, where we talk about all things mobile development. So today we're going to be talking about iOS versus Android development. And if you're trying to decide which path you're going to go down, you know, we're going to kind of break down some of the things that you might want to consider before going down each of those paths. And a quick word, uh, we won't be covering things that are kind of like subjective, like Android Studio versus Xcode or Kotlin versus Swift. That's kind of really, you know, up to the individual. We'll focus more on uh, different topics like uh, who you're targeting as a market, the job market, things like that. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that iOS development is better. I'm, I'm not going to say <laughs> So <laughs> there, there, there might be a little bias here. <laughs> There might be a little bias. Yeah, just for anybody that doesn't know either one of us, uh, um, I'm an I like I have an iOS background. You know, um, I started off in iOS development. That's how I broke into the industry. But later on down the road, I started um, practicing a little bit of Android development, never in a professional manner, but I have worked with it um, a little bit with um, Kotlin. So I do have a little bit of experience there. Um, but I also did some research on this topic specifically when I was starting out. Like, right. And you, you've done a little like cross-platform and Flutter with Dart and stuff as well. Um, my experience has mostly been iOS and Ruby, uh, Ruby on Rails framework specifically. And that's about it. I haven't really dabbled much uh, besides like messing around with JavaScript and Java when I was first learning to program. So we do have a bit of an iOS bias, but we did try to do objective research and give you the information you need so you can make the decision that best suits you. Absolutely. So jumping jumping right into the topic, you know, uh, let's let's get to the thing that I think most people are kind of, you know, interested in. And it's regarding money, right? Money and like the job market and like what that's like. So, um, Iman, you want to give me like a little heads up like I'm 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 a new developer. And, you know, I just I just know that developers make a bunch of money and I want to make the most money possible. What should what 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 path should I be considering for for if I'm like only interested in the money? If we're, if we're just talking about pay, uh, it, it really varies widely depending on what city you're in. So I would say look up the average or the median salary for the city you're in, for example, in L.A., uh, what I was able to gather was that right now Android is paying more. Uh, it's a 130k annual versus iOS is 126k annual, but that's not much of a difference, right? And I, I've I've seen it fluctuate between uh, people needing more iOS developers for a few years, and then it switches back to Android. And the pay has generally been pretty compar comparable between the two. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think I think that in some places you'll find that Android makes more. In some places you'll find that iOS makes more. So they're very close uh, in regards to pay. And you're not going to be making like tens of thousands of dollars more if you choose one path over the other, most likely, unless you live in like a very specific type of area. So what we would 
actually recommend is say, you know, you'd have to do your own research, look it up on, you, you could just Google it really. And you'd have to figure out like what's in demand for the area that you're looking to actually work in, right? Because it all comes down to supply and demand. If there's a bunch of iOS developers in your area and there's hardly any Android developers, well, guess what? The Android developer might make just a little bit more than an iOS developer just as um, extra incentive to get an Android developer onto the team. And I experienced that personally when I was working at one of the companies out in Santa Monica, that there was a shortage of Android developers and they were really looking to get another Android developer onto the team. And um, it, it seemed like there could have possibly been a little bit higher pay for that position than my iOS position. So those are some of the things that you just want to keep in mind is like location and like essentially supply and demand for the position. Right. I wouldn't approach it from the pay aspect because mobile development pay is pretty similar. Uh, what I would focus on is uh, going to a job website like indeed.com or ZipRecruiter and just searching iOS developer or Android software engineer, things like that. See how many hits you get for each. And um, that would be a more of a deciding factor for me versus, you know, whether one makes 5,000 more a year or not. That's that's negligible. And if you rise in your career, you're going to keep making more and more money at the end of the day. That's not going to be what makes or breaks you. Absolutely. And then at the, at, at the end of the day, like mobile development is a very lucrative, lucrative career um, in terms of like development career right like so web developers i think they actually make a little bit less um depending on which aspect of web development you're doing um but mobile is like one of the one of the more solid paying ones for sure so i think either route that you go on this you're going to be okay right so next let's talk a little bit about who you're going to be building this app for and the audience of each of these platforms, right? Who are the, how many developers or, I mean, how many users are on the Android platform? How many users are on the iOS platform? Who are you actually like creating apps for? And what are those customers like? So Iman, you wanna tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, let's, uh, before getting into that, what another interesting thing is uh, you might not even wanna work for a company. You might wanna just be an indie developer and test out an idea you have, right? And, uh, and release it and see how it does. And I feel like this is where the audience and the market share matters. Uh, Android has a much bigger market share, generally speaking, about 74% global. Um, and uh, another thing you should know about the audience on Android is they generally spend less money on apps. Uh, so in Android, you'll find a lot more ad-supported apps. And um, if, you're, if your app has to do with like the medical field or technical fields, you're going to find more people who are met in the medical or technical fields in, uh, in the Android uh, platform. Um, you want to take away the, the Apple one? Yeah. So um, essentially with Apple, you have to think about it as, you know, Apple can potentially be considered like a luxury uh, platform, right? The the people that are able to afford Apple products, you know, you have to have quite a bit of cash in order to actually pick up, um, you know, an iPhone or an iPad or anything like that. So you're going to be dealing with users that 
tend to spend more because they're willing to if they're willing to spend you know a thousand dollars on a phone then they're probably going to be willing to spend maybe like two three dollars on an app or you know buy into those subscriptions or things like that now um it in regards to market share when it comes down to you know how many users there are if you're in the u.s then it's it's almost split down the middle um i don't know the exact number but i i know that the amount of iOS users and the amount of Android users is very close. And I think the same is uh, true for Australia and Western Europe. But if you go to um, other countries outside of that, then you're going to be primarily dealing with um, with Android users. And it, once again, it comes down to like the availability of the product and it comes down to the pricing of the product. So it's just, um, it's important that you keep those types of things in mind of like, where are you located geographically? Where are you planning on working? And who are your, who are your target customers going to be? Now, um, if you are going to actually be working on iOS, then you're going to be usually dealing with, uh, you know, higher levels of education in regards to the the user base and the types of customers that you're going to be dealing with are also going to be um, business professionals as well so you're going to be dealing with like sales experts and managers and things like that so so two different audiences depending on where you are planning on deploying the app um it could be very similar if you're in one of the one of the areas, the geographical locations that I mentioned before. But if you're outside of those locations, then you know your results can definitely vary, and that will also affect you know how we were talking about the pay before. Yeah, I think this is much different than like uh, the pay and the job market in the sense that this is actually something I think more people should take more seriously because it is the first thing we're discussing where there's like a break between the two. Um, yeah, like if, if you're making a medical app, uh, you might want to try Android. If you're if you want to sell an app and you want people to you know get it through a paywall or through a subscription, you probably want to do Apple, right? So it, it, that kind of factors in your business model and what you're trying to pull off. Yeah, absolutely. And not only are the not only is the audience affected by who can actually um, you know use the platform right ios versus android but it also kind of affects who's able to develop for these platforms as well right the cost of entry in order to actually develop for either of these platforms is very different so you want to talk a little bit about that iman yeah so android is a lot more friendly the barrier for entry is uh, just a one-time fee of 25 dollars uh, and you don't is... have to pay that right away right uh, I'm not sure. I think it's only when you uh, register for the Google Play Store and you want to access everything Google has to offer for developers. Um, and then with Apple, it's it's a $99 annual fee. So one time 25 versus 99 annual. Apple is definitely more expensive in that department. But another one that's a kicker that, um, uh, that it, it stops a lot of people I've known from even trying iOS development is that it requires a Mac computer in order to build the apps. So uh, iOS apps, uh, Mac apps, all of them run off, uh, are built with Xcode and Xcode is exclusively available on Macs. 
Some people build Hackintoshes to get around that. I don't advise it, but you know, it, it's it's one way if people want to get their toes wet. You know, that's what they do. Um, anything else to add about the cost associated with each one? Yeah. So, like the thing that I was trying to point out is that in regards to Android development, you don't actually need a Google Play um, like account or Google account or whatever it is. You don't have to pay that $25 upfront until you're actually ready to release the app and get it out on the Play Store, right? So you can, you can, you know, practice your Android development. If you don't have the $25, you can start saving. And then by the time you're ready to release the app, I'm sure that you could come up with the $25. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a very reasonable fee in order to break it into the industry and it's a one-time fee like Eman had mentioned with apple you're paying every year a hundred bucks so you know you have to be at least making a hundred dollars a year in order to you know uh, break even and then just to get a mac the the cheapest mac that you could get is a mac mini uh the the m1 mac mini so if you wanted to get go out and buy a brand new mac just to break into the industry, um, then you would have to spend $800 and that doesn't include, you know, the mouse, the keyboard and the monitor. So you'd have to have all those things too. So just keep in mind that there is a huge barrier to entry for Apple. This stops a lot of people in a lot of different countries from ever breaking into um, iOS development. Um, I personally enjoy iOS development much more uh, than Android development but it is harder to get there. I should mention, uh, if someone out there already has a Mac uh, and they don't have $99 for the annual fee, you can still start building the app and running it off your own Mac in a simulator. Uh, But when you finally want to release it, uh, with Android, you can release it to any store or any platform, right? With Apple, you could only release it on the App Store, so you have to pay the 99. But if you just want to learn or get started, you could still do it if you have a Mac. Yeah, and and to take that even one step further, if you wanted to build your app to a device with Android, you can do that no problem. You don't need to, I believe it's no problem. Um, I I bought the Google Play uh, account very early on because it was a reasonable fee for me. So um, I've had the Google Play account for a long time, but I think that you can, you know, build an app and then put it right onto an Android device right away. Um, however, with Apple, in order to actually put it onto a physical device, you are, like to build to a, a physical device, then you would actually need to pay that that ninety nine dollars before you're able to do that. I think you have to uh, you have to um, use the simulator up until then. Are you sure about that? Because I remember not having a developer account. I, I had to have an Apple ID, but not a developer account, and I was able to run it only on my device. But I could have never distributed it to other people's phones. Oh, so maybe. I don't know if that's strange. <laughs> I I feel like when I started out, in order for me to build to my device, I had to have um I, I had to pay the hundred dollars. Things may have changed, or I may just be remembering it wrong. But uh, yeah, go out there, do your own research in regards to what you need. But yeah. Sometime within your 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 career as an iOS developer, you're definitely gonna have to pay that one hundred dollars. You're gonna have to pay every year. Right, exactly. And uh, let, let's move on to uh, th- this is kind of a broad topic, but developer experience. 
We'll hit on uh, the documentations for each platform. So this helps you when you're stuck on something or you're trying to learn uh, the language and IDE. We'll we'll mention briefly, uh, and then we'll. I think that's that's nearly it, and we'll probably wrap up after that. But as far as the doc documentation goes, now this is subjective. This is what I I researched and what I found is that Android's written documentation is amazing. Like, uh, I, I was blown away by how detailed it was, how it was formatted, how it was indexed. Like, you could just jump to where you need to get to and get the information you want very quick. Apple's docs, uh, by comparison, at least their written docs, like, I, I feel like Android, Android was just so much better, in my opinion. Have you checked out both, and what do you think? Yeah, so I've played with both sets of docs, and for sure, Android's docs are much better than iOS's docs. Now, mm -hmm. iOS has made a huge jump to try to make their docs a little bit better. Once Swift UI was released, they started to have this walkthrough type format, and they are progressively getting better, but largely, like as a whole, Apple's docs are just not that great until you're actually like an intermediate developer. Um, it's going to take some time for you to get used to those docs. Android's docs are really good because they're very verbose and they cover a lot of different things. The problem, the problem with Android's docs is that things change so drastically from one year to the next that they are sometimes inconsistent. So you may be told during let's say 2018 to do something one way right and now in 2021 you're told to do things some completely different way uh using a new api and that's 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 relatively normal right like you work with what you have at the time the problem is that there's a lot of contradicting information on the android mm. stocks so that's that's one of the problems with everything being so verbose is that they'll tell you how to do things one way, a new technology will come out and it doesn't necessarily fit with the old way. And if that part is not specifically documented, it can make things a little bit difficult um, when you're actually uh, when you're actually trying to figure out what is the best approach. The other thing that I didn't like about Android's docs is that they will sometimes reference because android is such a large platform and it and it's used all over the world so so drastically right that they will reference third-party resources as the official way to do stuff because android development is so, it can be very complicated sometimes um uh, something that is relatively simple to do on ios something like taking a picture and then having access to that photo is extremely complex to do on android and they and in the official android docs they recommend that you use um one of three different third-party libraries which is really it's a it's a really different experience if you're coming from ios to android so it's just it's a it's a different experience the android docs are very verbose i think that you'll find a lot of answers there the Android community, um, you know, they have like a, a solid community that that is putting out content on how to solve some of these problems. Um, the iOS docs, I don't really, I don't really like them too much until you're an in, until you're an intermediate developer, right. and the the community around 
iOS is uh, very, very helpful and, and strong. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that you wanted to share on community, um, but in in from my personal experience, the iOS community is one of the most tight knit, supportive communities that I've ever been that I've ever experienced in development as a whole. Yeah, I don't have much experience with the Android community, but but before I even get to that, I do want to circle back on the docs. I like what you said about the Android docs being more beginner friendly and the iOS docs being more uh, suited for intermediate plus people. Um, I, I, I agree with that because that's kind of when I started using Apple's docs more was when I've had a better understanding of programming. Android definitely holds your hand more. It's much more detailed, color-coded, indexed. It's just so well done. Um, there was one more thing I want to say about Android. Oh, you said there was like contradictory information and they linked to other things. I kind of like that and not, not because it's contradictory, but because between having complete lack of documentation on certain topics versus having information overload, I would take the information overload and and like dig through and find an answer versus like having certain frameworks or certain APIs just having no further instruction or comments provided. So just want to throw that in there. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I feel like iOS does document everything, but the 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 ability to understand the information that they document is very it's very tough. So if it's not done in the docs that show up on the Google, like if you Google search something, right, you'll get the Apple docs, right, which will be like, um, you know, essentially in that doxy format that they just released where it's like, okay, you can see the members of this class and you can see all the, all the different functions and all these other things, right? Um, so you have docs that are like that. Then you have the more tutorial type docs, which were released with Swift UI, where they're actually holding your hand, showing you how to build a specific thing. But if neither one of those things work, right? If, if you can't find neither one of those things, then, then Apple has this other portion of documentation, which you can find, which is much older and not <laughs> updated. And some of it's still done in Objective-C and, and everything's technically documented, but like like I said, it, it can be very tough to, to get through that documentation as a beginner. And realistically, you won't really understand it until you're an intermediate dev. Agreed, agreed. It's very few frameworks, like their lower level audio frameworks won't have much written on it. But yeah, they do have legacy stuff. They have uh, more modern tutorials and documentation too. Um, but just to, I don't want to like beat a dead horse and I could go on and on yeah, about that yeah. all day, but like, uh, the, I'll just move on to the next thing. Uh, Android, uh, actually we'll go to what Apple has going for it. Their docs aren't bad. It's just comparatively, uh, I, I think Android's is better, but where Apple shines is with their dub dub DC videos. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. W, I can't say it today. Uh, <laughs> Where Apple WWDC, shines, DC Worldwide exactly. Developer Conference. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I've said it a million times, but now I can't. Um, so Apple, if 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 you're a video person and you learn visually, uh, then uh, these videos are absolutely great. Um, uh, for me, I, I tend to want to like just rush to the exact spot where I need something. Thankfully, they they also have transcripts of their videos. So if you want to like just search through and find like 
the keyword you're looking for. Uh, they oftentimes have the slides and the Xcode projects available too. So, um, and, and they, the, the production quality and the way they uh, systematically approach these topics in the videos, it's, it's just amazing. And um, I think their, their quality there is second to none. Now, I know that you said you didn't want to beat a dead horse, but I have to comment on that. So Go for the WDC videos are also good, but they they still do assume a, quite a high level of understanding of the topics. So you have to keep that, that in mind that something that's useful for people like us that have been in the industry for a couple of years is it, it's not going to be as useful for somebody that's just starting out because there is going to be a lot of assumed knowledge. There's, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of their videos that I still can't just immediately follow along if it's on a topic that I haven't done extensive research on before. So yeah. while I think that the WWDC videos are definitely great and very helpful, um, it's, it's the topics that they cover in those WWDC videos that I'm going to, Honestly, as a beginner, I'm going to lean on the community more to learn about those topics than on the actual dub dub DC uh, videos. Fully agree with just one asterisk. There, there are more beginner friendly dub dub videos uh, in recent years that kind of just walk you through the basics. Those are like few compared to like the majority. I'd say maybe it's like 10% of the videos or 5%, um, but they're there. And if someone's like really a beginner, you can check those out, but don't get discouraged if you go to the other videos and you're just like overwhelmed. I don't think most iOS developers learn through dub dub videos as their first resource. So, absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's talk about uh, new APIs as well, because this is a critical part of, of the developer experience. Um, so, when Apple announces iOS 15, 16, whatever, there are all these new uh, methods, functions, and classes that you could use. Um, but the but one drawback with Apple's platforms is that those new APIs are uh, usually limited to the latest version of the operating system. So this year, they're going to release iOS 15. There are all these new good APIs, and I, I learned them, but I'm not going to be able to use a lot of them until a couple years down the road once most of our users upgrade. If I do use some of them, it's usually kind of uh, clunky. Like I have to say, if you're on this version, uh, then you can take advantage of this new API. Otherwise, use the old API. So there's that with um, Apple's platforms. There are benefits and drawbacks to that restriction, but it is a pain for developers to deal with. Uh, now on Android, this is interesting because um, I found out about this maybe like a year ago, but with Android, when they release a new operating system, um, those new APIs aren't limited to that new OS. So I don't know what they do. Maybe it's something server side, but or they everyone receives a server side update, but you're able to deploy the newest API, even if users are on older versions of the OS. Yeah. So to, to speak a little bit more about why this happens and and why they have to do this, why Android has to do this, it kind of goes back to the audience. Right. So um, once again, uh, the Android devices are being used worldwide. Right. And they have to they have to support 
a varying demographic, right? So people with all types of income levels, right? And you want to be able to make your app for as many people as possible, right? So Android uh, continues to support APIs or um, operating systems further back than iOS because unlike iOS, Android uh, Android customers or Android users they tend to um, have a lot of older phones because it's global, right? So what happens is when they release a new operating system version, they may only get like a max of like 10% of the people to upgrade to that new that new operating system while everybody's still using um, OSs that are like two, three, four, five years behind. So that's why they support all these older versions. A lot of the time you'll actually see a new um, API come out for Android and it supports all the way back um, like nine versions. Now, they, I don't think that they wait a whole year before updating a version. Um, I think they wait maybe, I would say maybe six months to eight months. I haven't really kept track of it, but I don't think that they wait a whole year before they release a new version. I could definitely be wrong on that. But um, essentially what I've seen is that a lot of API support version 21 and up. Uh, and the current the current Android version, I believe, is 30. So you have to see that, that huge range that is supported by these new APIs. Now, on the flip side for iOS... The majority of the people that have an iOS device are on the latest. You'll actually find that I think it's like 95% of, of iOS customers are on either the latest operating system or the one just before it. So right now the latest is 14 with 15 iOS 15 coming out this year, but the latest is 14 right now. And 95% are on iOS 13 or iOS 14 which is a very different number than on Android. So that's kind of why, um, that's why Android supports further back and iOS doesn't necessarily need to support further back. But I hate that iOS does that. I hate that Apple makes it so that the user has to have the latest in order for the developer to actually implement a feature and the, the user to be able to use it because releasing something on iOS 15, you might as well just say, hey, I can't use it right now. Only the people that aren't building uh, like like large products are able to take advantage of the, the latest technologies, I feel like. Somewhat related to what you said, um, the fact that, you know, 90 plus percent of users are on the same version of the operating system and the fact that Apple devices are much fewer uh, you don't have, you know, all these different uh, devices like Android. Android has like thousands of manufacturers, different phones and all that. So translating that to the developer experience um, for iOS, uh, a developer might have an easier time because they're supporting mostly the same operating system and mostly uh, a similar uh, devices, the hardware and everything Apple kind of integrates with the software. So there's a, a lot less flexibility and openness. Again, it has its benefits and drawbacks. It, it does make things easier in one sense on a developer. In the other sense, it makes things more difficult because, you know, we have to wait so long for uh, users to upgrade. Android side of things, you, you probably will be spending more time fixing bugs that uh, HTC's phones experience, whereas Samsung Galaxy phones don't experience, or that uh, uh, 
well, what's uh, what's one of their operating systems? The, all the desserts they have. <laughs> one subset, 5% of users on this operating system experience this issue, whereas the rest don't. So there, there is that trade-off. You get to use the newest APIs, but you also have a wild west of devices and operating systems to support. So they, they both have strengths and weaknesses. It's just kind of like pick your poison. Which one do you want to deal with more? Absolutely. So with all that said, let's go ahead and start talking about which languages that you would have to use um, on both of the platforms. Now, if you wanted to jump into Android development, you're going to be, you could work with a number of different um, IDEs or text editors for Android development, uh, but you're most likely going to end up working with Android Studio. Uh, and that's like, the, the primary one that's recommended. And then there's a lot of other ones that you can go out and choose if you don't like that one. So Android Studio uh, is a, you, it's, it's a very powerful IDE, but with that power, it's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of Photoshop, right? You open up Photoshop and you want to do something very simple and you see all these buttons and all these possibilities that you can work with everywhere and it can be overwhelming in a sense but it's it, but it's just it's it's designed that way because it's so powerful it has so many capabilities and possibilities that you can work with a lot of strong tools underneath so as a beginner you're going to probably find android studio to be a little bit intimidating but it if you if you can get past that that intimidation you'll learn that it's a very powerful IDE to work with. And there's a lot of great tools in there. Now, in regards to the languages that you're going to be working with for Android native development, you can, you can work with either Java, which is what was used for the longest period of time for Android development and is still used today or the up and coming and popular Kotlin language, which is um, very similar to Swift, but um, I, I like Kotlin a lot because it's a lot easier to read and there's a lot of, it just looks prettier in, in my personal opinion. I like Kotlin and that's because I like Swift, but, but yeah, you have those two different languages that you're most likely going to work with. Now, if you're going to go to a bigger company, you're probably going to be working with Java. If you're going to stay with a smaller to medium sized company, um, then you have uh, a higher chance of working with Kotlin, but that's not a rule that's set in stone. Um, Iman, you want to talk a little bit about Apple? Uh, yeah, so Apple's IDE, uh, primarily uh, most developers and companies use Xcode. Um, there are other IDEs, but I shy away from them and I don't advise others to maybe dabble with it, see how you like it, but I I prefer to stick with Apple's IDE. Uh, JetBrains, I think, uh, makes a the only good alternative um but even then you're gonna have headaches because apple has control over everything so xcode um it, it, I, I would say it's simpler uh, you're not the first person to tell me that uh, android studio was intimidating and and very uh complex and with a lot going on xcode is a little simpler um and i, I like it but you know it has its warts like any ide but comparatively i prefer it um, and as far as the language goes, uh, with uh, Apple's platforms, you're either going to be coding with Objective-C or with Swift. 
Objective C is their older dynamic uh, programming language. I think it was developed in the 80s. Um, and, you know, it definitely shows its age now. If, Andrew, if Objective-C was the only language you could develop on today, uh, I probably wouldn't be an iOS developer because I would have never gotten started. So uh, Swift is uh, what I advise everyone to actually use because Apple is like full on supporting Swift right now. M- most companies now have finally adopted Swift and they're re- starting to replace all their Objective-C with Swift. Um, Swift, like you said, Kyle, is similar to Kotlin in terms of its syntax, and it's very very modern and elegant. They do behave a lot differently under the hood. Uh, Kotlin will depend more on reference types, and Swift is more, you know, value types and and localized context and things like that. But overall, for uh, if you're a beginner, both of those languages are very uh, approachable and friendly. So, yeah. Yeah, if if you're gonna if you're gonna go with Android development, I would recommend going with Kotlin. Um, the interoper interoperability with Java is great for Kotlin and, and Java. So um, you could use your Kotlin classes or Kotlin code with your Java project. Um, and I think that's uh, something that's probably happening at a lot of companies um, and the companies that I've worked for. Uh, one still is working with Java. Another one is working with only Kotlin and then the other one is working with both. So you're going to find a little bit of everything there. So you can, you can choose either one. I would personally recommend Kotlin. Um, I like the language a little bit better, um, but it's totally up to you when it comes to Android for iOS. I would totally recommend uh, Swift. Um, the amount of support that you're going to be able to receive on Swift related topics is just way out out of like way out of this world compared to objective c you're not going to find anything on objective c you're going to have a really hard time when you're trying to um use anything that's uh essentially newer mm-hmm. with with objective c so i would highly recommend that you go with the swift yeah even some frameworks from apple now are exclusively in swift like the widget mm-hmm. kit so yeah, it's 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 past that point where it's an infant language. I'd say at this point, it's well supported enough to, you know, like maybe four or five years ago, people would ask which one should I learn. Now it's like just learn Swift. Like yeah, your life will be Swift. easier. Um, last topic. I think this is the one that trumps everything. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, you agree. <laughs> so it it comes down to enjoyment, and um, no one's gonna do something that they hate. Uh, you, you really need something that drives you to learn constantly. So I'm a big believer that when you're choosing a platform, don't just look at um, all the factors we've mentioned already, but look, look at what you're passionate about. Do you have an Android phone or do you have an iOS phone? Are you, are you passionate about Google and their products or Apple and their products? Uh, if, if you are, then you probably have your answer on which uh, direction you should go because uh, you should always, especially because this is a lucrative career, no matter what path you take, you're probably going to be good with whatever job you land. So you might as well do what you enjoy. What do you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. So this is like the thing that should determine everything. Now, if you are, if you haven't gone down the path of actually choosing which platform you want to develop for, I promise you that if you really think about it before you clicked 
to watch or listen to this episode, you kind of wanted one of these to win. And I would say just go with that one. Whatever one yeah. that you were kind of leaning towards and you wanted to hear the best, you're like, oh, like, oh, I bet, I bet, like, they're going to say this. I bet it's going to be a little bit better here. Just go with that one. Like, don't, don't obsess about doing research on which platform is best. They're both, you know, they both have their pros and cons. Just go with the one that you're most interested in. And if that means going with Android because you like certain features of it or you like the, the, just, that's what you have in your pocket or that's what you're able to start working on or working with today, then do that. If you feel like, you know, you, you enjoy the Apple platform, maybe you're an Apple fanboy. That's how I was, you know, do that. Like either, either way, no matter what you choose, it's going to be, it's going to be the right way. So you, like Eman said, you're going to want to be on the platform that you enjoy the most because you will run into issues you're going to run into roadblocks you're going to get stuck and as soon as you get stuck if you don't if you don't like the platform that you're on then you're not going to be willing to push through that roadblock and get the problem solved and actually break into this uh break into this industry if you like if you like what you're working with and you really enjoy it then hey you know what i i enjoy doing this i'm stuck but hey i enjoy doing this and you're gonna actually uh, you know, have the willpower to push through that roadblock and make it to the other side and break into the industry. Yeah, I'm going to share a, a, a personal story. I'll, I'll keep it short. Uh, but basically, when I started learning programming, I was doing web development. And that was because I was lazy. I already knew HTML and CSS. So I thought, I'm like halfway there, I just need to pick up JavaScript, and I'm good. And once I started learning it, I realized like, um, I was taking a shortcut and I came to kind of like a crossroads. Like, do I want to continue learning it uh, and become a web developer or would I rather start over and just learn iOS development because that's where my heart was. And I kept thinking like, man, I I don't really want to like start over again. But ultimately, like I figured like no matter what, if I enjoy iOS more, I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know, hit the reset button um, and go through all of that all over again. Because if you do something you enjoy, you could kind of be, you, it's hard for people to compete against you when you love what you do. Like I could be up day and night just uh, reading about iOS development and all this stuff. I would never have been able to do that with web development. And, you know, I probably would have been miserable being a web developer. It'd be just another job to me. So, uh, you know, take heed from our podcast name. Uh, Be passionate about whatever platform you're coding for. And definitely go with your heart on this one, especially if you're early on and you have the luxury of that choice. Definitely choose what you'll enjoy. It'll pay off uh, many times over in the future. Yep. And then worst comes to worst, you figure out, hey, I want to actually change platforms down the road. That's that's perfectly doable. And once you learn one of these platforms through and through and you have a, a, a very good understanding of it, making that switch later on will be um, much easier. Uh, it won't be easy, but it will be easier um, mm-hmm. than just getting getting started for the first time. So you can always switch later, but we, we definitely recommend that you choose the one that you're most interested in. Stick with it for, for a good amount of time and and fully understand it and then if you really want to then you can make the switch exactly but i think i think that's pretty much all that we have to say about 
choosing iOS or Android as a development path. Um, at the end of the day, the choice really comes down to you. Um, I would say, you know, if I was biased and I wanted to push you in one direction, if you already have a Mac, go with iOS. If you don't, then go with Android if, if that's what's already in your pocket. Go with whatever you have. Um, I prefer iOS still. I run into a lot of problems with Android development. Um, <laughs> but don't don't do it just because I said it. Do what's going to make you the happiest. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, Iman. So I think that's it. Have any any last words to say to these people? No, uh, if, if we missed anything or you, you have comments, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, I'm at Iman Harut on Twitter, E-M-A-N-H-A-R-O-U-T. Uh, Kyle? Yeah, and you can hit me up on Twitter as well, at Kilo underscore Loco. That's at K-I-L-O underscore L-O-C-O. And you can tell us how wrong we were about this episode (laughs) or anything that we might have missed um, in regards to why one platform might be the the right way to go. So make sure you uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're always looking to hear feedback on what you think about the episodes. And we're going to have a lot of great topics for you coming out on the Code Passionately podcast. But until then, just make sure that you go out there and you keep Coding passionately.